This is the Kita Anime Podcast for May 8th, 2012, episode 2 of the spring season. Shoot them in the shoulder if you love them. It's time for the Kita Anime Podcast with Dito and KT Data. The Kita Anime Podcast is brought to you by the Avengers. Dito, assemble! Hey everybody, welcome to the Kita Anime Podcast. I am KT Data. And I be Dito. And here's the podcast where we watch some animes, we talk about stuff. It's usually about the animes and we go with it. Um, so Dito, how are you doing today, man? Uh... Katie, I must ask you, what in the hell are you wearing? Well, come on. So, if you guys didn't know, last Friday, the Avengers came out in the U.S. And Dito and I, we went to a uh, 1230 showing. It was awesome, you know. But the the cool thing is, for all the 3D ones, you can buy custom-made 3D glasses. Well, they're not custom-made, but they're molded for the movies. And these are the Captain America ones. So, I thought it'd be stylish, you know, to go with your Persona 4 glasses. I can wear my Captain America ones. I just feel like going around USA, USA. And holding the difference is that mine are prescription. <laughs> These are polarized. I guess it's close enough. <laughs> all right, all right, fine, fine, fine. I will just go back to Commando or whatever. We'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> if you guys have never seen this podcast before. It's crazy. We've had three seasons of this. So what happens is, like I said earlier, we pick three animes. This this time around, it just happens to be a Kuroko's Basketball, uh, German Gand, and uh, Korewa Zombie Desuka. Yeah. So I was, of I the was Dead. Of the Dead. So I think that translates to, am I a zombie or something like that? Are you a zombie? Yeah. Are you a zombie? Or are you really a zombie? Of the Dead. Of the dead. I think I can translate the of the dead part. But uh so, I don't know. <laughs> so this is episode two, so we'll be doing episodes three and four of all these animes. Warning, if you have not seen these animes, there will be spoilers. But wait, don't don't run away right now. I'll, I'll give you a hint. If you guys go to our show notes at ktdata.net, they will have links to watch all these episodes so you won't be in the dark. Go watch them first and come back. You can hear my sultry voice as I fail in an announcer's test or something like that. Um, yes. Yeah. But better than me because I would have bombed that completely. If you guys have no idea what you're talking about, you should be watching live. Anyways, let's just start out with our first anime right now. And our first anime is Kuroko's Basketball or Kuroko no Basuke. And it's brought to you by Hoops. Let's break them. But you gotta pay for them. <laughs> Alrighty, so last episode, I learned that in terms of basketball. Paso, paso. Paso, paso. Uh, the coach likes to look at guys' chests, and Kagami loves his hamburgers. Yum. Um, so. 
When we first last left off, we met Kisei, who is actually from the uh, Kaijo Private High School, and they're going to have a practice match. It's not an official match, no rankings, no nothing, but, you know, it's good for both teams. You know, you learn from each other, you, you see how it would be in almost a real game and stuff, and uh, what happens is when they get to that school right there, it's huge. And, like, it's, you can tell it's a sports-oriented school because it's ginormous. You can tell there's money in the gyms and everything. And uh, so what happens is Kagami, he's just pumped. He is super pumped for this because it shows him, like, he's, he looks dead tired. Kuroko's like, what What happened to you? And he's, all he says is, I didn't get any sleep last night because I was so excited for this practice match. This is a practice match. It's not even, like, for keeps or anything. It's supposed to be, you know, helping both teams, but they're uh, super pumped for that. And uh, so what happens is uh, Kisei comes up. He's like, hey, guys, welcome to my high school. It's kind of big, so I decided to come grab you so you guys wouldn't get lost and everything. And uh, he sees Kagami and's like, I'm going to crush you today. So if that's not just already rubbing things into the wounds... Because remember, Kisei's part of the Generation of Miracles, so he's, you know, pretty much almost a Michael Jordan in the high school world, like Dito is on the basketball court. <laughs> Come again? Yeah. Maybe I've been <laughs> dreaming. Um, so what happens is he takes him to the gym, and so if you, if you guys have ever been into a gym, usually there's a full court basketball, and then they have these side basketball courts that take up each half court. And they usually have a net that comes down. So that way you can, you know, have practice on these basketball boards. And usually the basketball hoops aren't as nice as the full court one. So they're like, um, and they're like, what? Why why are we playing a half court game? And the coaches, I wanted to punch the coach. He's like, I didn't think the rest of the team would get anything out of this from watching you guys play. So I decided to hold practice as usual on the other side while you guys play. But don't worry, you're still playing our starters right there. And, like, that just ticked everybody off on the team. Everybody, even uh, Rico, the coach. Because, like, he's like, I thought you were the manager. And they're like, Um, The equivalent of this is, like, imagine you... Going somewhere, like going, you have a degree in some kind of specialty, and they call you in as a specialist, and then they give you kitty gloves on it. That's kind of like what's happening. It gets everybody just angry. And then Kisei, he's dressed, and the coach is like, why are you dressed? You're not playing. Which even ticks everybody off. It's like, and the thing that coach, the coach tells them is like, you are like on a different level, even from our starters. And you guys, you're light years away from this team over here. And that just, like, got the fire just... Uh. And the, the surprising part is, guess who got angry during the Steedo? Believe it or not, our well-mannered, very light-spoken Kuriko, he even it got to him, even. I know, and, you know, usually in all these situations, you just kind of... He kind of has that cold face where he doesn't react to anything. And this time he's like, oh... We're going to get you. Uh, the Kisei comes out. Oh, if you guys, you know, give them a run for money, the coach will have to put me in. And Kuriko's like, you better warm up. It's not going to take long for you to get on the to get on the court. I was like, oh, snap. 
this is this is the crazy thing about this anime. They haven't played like a full four keeps match yet. And I am just like loving these like rivalries you're already seeing in between all the players and it's ah uh, so excited. So excited. So keep in mind we're like two minutes in already and we haven't even started playing basketball yet for this episode. So finally the match actually starts. And uh so what's crazy is uh so the first the tip off, of course uh Kaijo gets it. The, the visiting team that Kisei's on. And what happens in two seconds is Kuriko steals the ball and he starts driving and the guy, and the team catches up. But then he passes it to uh, Kagami and he just totally dunks it on them and breaks the rim off the backboard. Like, he totally tears it off. This is the first play of the game. 30 seconds in, he's already torn off the basket, the hoop on the basket, which is nuts. It's, I found this to be funny because he didn't even realize it. Kagami didn't yeah. even realize he tore it off until he just kind of looks at his hand like, oh! Yeah. He, he was like so pumped and excited for this that he didn't notice at all, that, which is crazy. And then so Kuriko's like, sorry we broke your hoop. Uh, can we use the full court now? <laughs> which So that cha- that changes the dynamic because keep in mind the team... Uh, Kaijo's team was practicing on the other side so now they have to actually sit and watch this match so it's the intensity has gone up and so the first three minutes of the game these guys are just going at each other full speed Um, it's a fully offensive game so it's high scoring running and gunning and like the defenses they can't even keep up because these guys are going like every every everything is not is a dunk or not it's not no easy shots they're pushing hard for it and we're only 3 minutes in what what i thought was crazy is that um usually in high school you do halves instead of quarters but they're actually following the nba model where they're doing like 12 minute quarters each so that means you're playing for 40 minutes instead of like 30 minutes and 10 minutes may not seem like a lot but when you're out there running at full speed that's a lot and there, and like the funny thing is uh Kagami, he actually, this is so we start seeing Kisei's secret ride. Kagami goes up for a fadeaway. He's going at full speed and he's doing a fadeaway. So essentially, he's running forward and what he's going to do is actually jump backwards away from the basket and then shoot the ball. Extremely difficult to do because you're changing momentum that quickly. And uh, what what happens is Kisei blocks Kagami's fadeaway shot and then what takes it to the other side of the court and copies the move perfectly and then scores on Kagami. Um, we're only five minutes in. These guys are playing as hard as they can. Um, Kuroko, he asks for a timeout because he's trying to calm down his team. Um, and he's like, I'm going to be less effective if we keep playing at the speed. And they're like, what? Um, you know, explain what Kur- what Kuroko is trying to say, but when he says less effective down there. By this means, Kuroko does have a weakness. Um, as the as he goes on, if he get, pushes himself too hard and everything, his, his uh, ability to you know, be invisible and everything starts becoming very well you know, less effective as we're, as we've spoken. And his to- total time limit is about forty minutes, which is so the, size, the it, length of a normal game. 
yeah, the size of a normal game. But since that he's been playing on the traditional, it seems like traditional, just you know, two two halves, um, it goes down to that they have to start to slowing down toward his pace. But at the same time, too, the coach Rico was telling him not to like we can't slow down, but at the same time, too, just try to go at your own pace. So that's what he tries to do. Yeah, and then this is this is where like it's a little crazy because um in defense there's different styles of defenses. There's man to man, which is you have one guy, your job is to stop him on defense at all costs. And then there's a zone defense where you have to cover these areas. So what happens is they actually switch from a man to man to a zone defense. And in zone defenses there's actually more than one air more than a one way to do it. This one is called the box one. And what happens is four of the players form a box around the key. So where the free throw line is on the basketball. And then the one is kind of a roamer. So they have Kagami being the roamer trying to stop Kisei while everybody else is in this zone defense right there. So if the ball comes near you you're and you're in that and you're in charge of that area, you go and guard that person right there. So it helps so you don't have to be running around left and right trying to catch up. Especially it's effective if um, the other team is quicker than you are. And uh, what's crazy is that I was watching this, and it's so different from what I'm traditionally able to see in international play. This is a lot more like in the NBA, where it's usually one player that's focused, and we're trying to stop, and they're going at an NBA speed, too. They're not shooting from the outside. That's the, a difference between NBA play and international play, is that... Usually you see a lot more play outside the key, which is the inside area of the basketball court, because there's just a different shape and it's harder to get in there because of the rules and everything. So it's really weird to watch this and everybody's like going for layups and they're going for dunks, really close shots instead of doing jump shots, which is normally what you would see in an international play, Um, which I think gives us anime a little bit of an edge. You know, it's a little bit more modern and it's the style of basketball that even both Western and Eastern audiences are used to, you know, when you go watch basketball, you think the NBA, you think LeBron James, you think Kobe Bryant, and they all play like this. Not, not usually the traditional kind of style play you get in European and uh, Asian leagues. So I, it's, it's crazy. Um, What happens is Kisei totally, uh, totally scores on Kagami one time. And he's like, oh, you should just give up now. I am light years ahead of you, and there is no way you can catch up with me. No way at all. You are years behind me. And then guess what Kagami does, Dito? He just outright just says – he just starts laughing, actually. He just just starts keckling out, and just and Kisei is just like going – what is wrong with you? And he's just like, maybe it's just better if I can't win because since he was played in the States and everything, and he knows how basketball is really played, he's always used to people being better than him that it only strives him to be stronger, better, faster, you know, just, just to like pump himself up to be the better person. Yeah. And this is what, this is part of why I love this anime so much. It's because this is part of the reason why I play basketball. I, I'll, I'm not the greatest player in the world, but the, no. you know that that's what drives me to play even harder is you know to go up against these good players and try to beat them. Um, so like I can totally re- relate to Gagami and like how he feels, 
You know, he do, he's had it a little bit easy since he's taller and faster than most people. And now he's finally playing against a team that's given him a challenge. And it's just driving him to do even better than that, how he is right now. Um, so, and then, uh, the, and then the one thing is like, and, and he's like, besides Kisei, I know your weakness. And he just like rubs Kuroko on his uh, head and is like, this guy is your weakness right here. Um, and we're like, what? The person, and they're like the person with almost zero presence on the court. How in the world is he the weakness? So they end the first quarter, which is twelve minutes, and they have a two-minute timeout to work their strategy and everything. Um, so what what happens is they uh, kind of gather up, and uh, so Kuroko's like, "Oh yeah, we can beat him. There's a weakness that we can do," and he's like crazy calm too. They're down by probably like seven points or so, which doesn't seem like a lot. That's at least uh, uh, three different play- possessions for their team to score because it's two points a basket or a three pointer. So they're decently far behind right now. Um, so Kuroko's like, all right, we're going to change our strategy. This is going to work a little bit better. And then what happens is because they're starting to get used to Kuroko just being the main passer on there. Um, and then what they start doing is instead of just, you know, one and just one pass and you're done and somebody scores, what they're doing is they're actually getting uh, Kagami and everybody else to start passing, which means you're going to have more options around there. So the team's having a hard time to keep it up. Um, Kaizo's having a hard time keeping up just because, you know, now you don't know if it's going to go straight to Kagami or if Kagami's going to pass to Kuroko and he's going to pass somebody else to score. So it get, it opens up a wide range of options because before it just used to be Kuroko to Kagami, you just got to guard one of those two and you should be okay. Now it's the whole entire team right there. Um, And, and this, is, this is my favorite part because in the first two episodes, we haven't really seen the strength of the second years and they've mentioned the second years almost won the championship last year so they got they have some talent so th- this is their time to actually introduce some of them so Kuroko actually instead of passing to, to Kagami passes to the captain and he just totally drains a three-pointer without breaking a sweat at all and uh the, the funny thing is, uh, right when he sinks the three pointer, what do you what what do you think they the bench yells out, Dito? You know, I can't remember. They they actually yell Kita, and I'm like, yes, oh, yes! yes, they do. They're giving us some promo. I totally missed that. Uh, I I, lo- I love that. I watched that twice just to make sure I heard <laughs> it. Just to make sure I heard it. But see, thank you, animators in Japan, for mentioning us once in a while. I love it. I love this anime, and you just made me fall so much more just because you said Kita in there. Yeah. I'm sticking with that. They're promoing us. Um, but So after that happens, they're on a fast break, and something tragic happens, Kito. What happens? Kisei kind of like loses his, um, his cool and everything, does like a fast break the other direction, and you know, socks Kuriko. <sighs> and at this point itself, you know, he just like he gets knocked to the ground and everything, you know, his blood coming off from his uh, head. Then he's just like, Oh, I'm okay and everything and he just he just seemed like hobble just fall on the floor. They're like, yeah, you're out. Yeah, uh that's nuts. And it may not look sound like it might hurt, but I've been hit like this before. 
Believe me, it hurts. Because, um... Yeah, being clocked in the head when it looks like that is not not a big deal itself, but if you're just not paying attention, you go down, you go down hard. Yeah. It's not a pretty sight, trust me. It's, it's like, I've... Yes, I've had the same experience. If you guys haven't had this experience and want to uh, feel it, feel free to email us at kita.ktdata.net and we can work something out. Yes, yes, I'm pretty sure we can. Um, so the, the funny thing is, when Coraco passes out, they just kind of leave him behind the bench. <laughs> like nobody's watching. Him. Space. Yeah, they just, they just put a mat on there and just left him there. And everybody else, they're all talking strategy. I thought that was actually pretty funny because he's just, you know, in the background, you just see him there. And I'm like, why is nobody like paying attention to him? But everybody's so focused on there. And it probably does. It probably doesn't help that he has no presence. Yeah. I, I I was just laughing pretty hard on there. Um, the guy's bleeding from the head. <laughs> it's not it's not like just a normal flesh wound or anything, too. Um, so they're talking about a new strategy, and the coach is like, "All right, Kagami, you stop you you stop trying to score. I want you to be on defense only." And it's like, "Why?" It's because, and she's like, "It's because everything you do, Kise is just gonna copy and make be- and do it better than you can. We can't let you, you know, give out all your cards right there. So your job is to stop him at all costs. And he's like, the and he's like, you guys, you guys are going to be scoring. And the Kagami's like, are you sure this is a good idea? And the captain is just like, you better respect your seniors or I'm going to kill you. And he says it in this like calm, cool manner. And I'm like, oh, wow. Maybe that's why he's the captain of the team right there. <laughs> and this is actually where they actually start showing those second year players who are actually you know pretty good and the captain he's just like jump shot after jump shot after jump shot just sinks him in so he's actually pretty uh pro at it and so they play two whole seasons or two whole two whole quarters without Kuroko and um they're only behind they're they're staying in there they're only behind by like uh, two. I think it's about two points or so, and there's about it's anywhere between like two to five. I think if yeah, I remember. two two or five points, and there's uh, about two minutes left. So it's coming down to crunch time right there, and um, you can tell that the uh, crap. What's the name of Kuroko? Kuroko's team? They're everybody's wearing out. Uh, because, Shinhai, I think. Because. Oh yeah, I, wrote I should it. write that down. But this down. is actually a good point to point this out too. Is you know we see the first the first half of it being a very high tense and scoring and just like aggressive basketball play. But then when, when the second years get in there, you're seeing more traditional basketball play where they're setting up uh, picks and they're setting up as like they're just doing all your standard like basketball uh, setups. So it was they're changing up the strategy quite a bit and it was throwing the other team off off uh, balance from what I was noticing. Yeah, um, but like it's it's still tiring them out because they wasted a lot of their energy in the first five minutes of the game when they're going all at it. Um, if you guys okay. don't think if you guys don't think that's tiring, try running back and forth a bas a ba- the length of a basketball court for five minutes, and you will understand how tiring it can be. <laughs> um, so they're like, ah, if Kuroko was in there, we probably could 
tie it or something. And then Kuroko just gets up. He's like has a bandage on his head. His eye is like swollen shut like this. And he's like, all right, put me in, coach. Put me in. Um, and she's like, are you sure? Other you're... eye. Other eye? This eye? Yeah. Okay. Put me in, coach. Put me in. <laughs> Apparently, I'm not going to be uh, picked for the live action version of this anime. Uh, <laughs> if I can't nope. even get the eye right. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and he's like and uh he's like i have i have a plan and so but she's like but you're injured and bleeding it's like i'll be okay um so they put it in and then the captain's like all right guys you better expect the rest of this game to be as fast paced as the first five minutes so everybody's gonna go all at it and um what happens is they manage to tie it up and there's about 30 seconds left on the clock um so Kuroko is like, I have a plan, but it's only going to work once. So what happens is they, and the thing is Kaijo, the other team has the ball. So what they have to do is they have to actually get the ball back first before they can even score. Um, so what happens is that Kuroko manages to steal the ball and then gets it to the captain. And um, they just, or it, actually, does, is it the other way around? The captain. Yeah, it goes. It goes from, uh, I believe it was Kagami the Hat. It drives it in, gives it to Kuriko. Kuriko gives it to the captain. Captain, sh- then, no, it goes from the captain to Kuriko. Yeah, and Kuriko so can, and like then, shoots. Yeah, it looks like Kuriko's gonna shoot, and you can tell it's already off, like way off, right when it leaves his hands, because they show it in far right on there, um, and they're like, oh, he's gonna miss. And everybody's like, oh, Kuriko hasn't even shot the ball at, at, at all. And, like, here comes Gagami, high-flying, up for the alley-oop and just to tip it in. And the, the thing is, Kisei, he's trying to block him. He's like, I'm not going to let you score on me. So it shows this moment where both of them are kind of jumping up for the ball right there. And Kagami, he just keeps going up. And Kisei's already starting to fall back down because gravity still works in anime. And he like totally tips it in, and Kagami, and uh, he's like, "You don't need to return this favor." And at the last second, they score, and the team wins a hundred to ninety-eight. And they pick right then to cut off the anime. And I'm like, "No!" As soon as I saw this, and it just straight into the credits, I was just like, "And uh, Katie's about to cry right no. here." I want to see more. I'm so in love with this anime. Um, just because I'm a basketball fan and the theme song starting again for some odd reason. Uh, <laughs> Way to go. You just can't get enough of that theme song. Uh, it's a good theme song. I like Grand Rodeo. But how do you feel about this anime right now, Dito? Um, it's one of those that's re- it's really hard just to watch. I mean, for us, we have to go and like pick out all this stuff and like try to, like, well, from my case, so if I just try to goes the story goes but kt and he's the basketball expert so he's actually giving you play-by-play uh, insight so for us it's really hard to actually watch the show and enjoy it any more than oh, I enjoy like it, so it's anyone much. who just sits there and just watches the show from start to finish we were sitting there like these are 20 minute episodes we probably spend a good 40 minutes on every episode oh i love it anyways speaking about uh other animes and spending 40 minutes to watch. Let's go into our next one. We have all said we're gonna I'm 
And our next anime is Jormungand, and it's brought to you by... Commando. It's what makes you more accurate. Oh, yeah. So last episode, we learned about arms dealers. And uh, snipers, they are a pain. And her name is Coco. She is loco. I say, oh, no. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, so for anyone who's ever, like, watched through the actual credits of it, there is this little 10-second clip in the end about the next episode. And it is this song. This just catchy it little says, song. It's a very catchy song. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it just goes, her name is Coco. She is loco. And I say, oh, no. And that's pretty much what it is into a very catchy beat. Anyways, uh, last episode, oh, we already discussed that, actually, because now I'm on the ball, and KT's already said it. Hoo-ah! <laughs> um, so yeah. we open up this, we just open up with some gunfire being shot out there. You're seeing kind of like an, what I'd say most likely just a desert-ish area, probably, you know, like Afghanistan-looking area where it's just somewhere super not secluded. many. Somewhere like super secluded, you know? Yeah, very super secluded. But then out of nowhere, you come across two characters. One is uh, Chinisu, and then I never got this guy's name. I just, it's a shark mouthed guy. I just. I think did, they just go call him Master. Yeah, he just, he's just called Master. I don't even know if he has a real name. If anyone actually does know his name, you can email us at uh, ktdata.net. Thank you. And. They're from a, or- a group called Orchestra. The whole point, like they're just like a terrorist group and everything that was originally comprised or d- deprived. Yeah, no, not that orchestra. Oh. Dang it! Oh. I always wanted to be in an orchestra. Well, if you want to, you can start up one with these guys, and I just need to be able to be an assassin and a terrorist and shooting people. But, but anyways, there's one thing apparently one of these characters, an orchestra called Ch- uh, Chietsu. I want to say China Sue for some stupid reason because that's still because <laughs> you have those glasses. <laughs> Every time it's like I just look over to where the where I see you on the camera or on the screen and you just have those on. It just threw me off. Thank you. Please, sir, can I have some more? No. Anyways, they they have a, a mafia guy tied up and everything just on the floor and they're trying to ask him for questions, but instead. They didn't get anything. So uh, the master, we're just going to call him that for now, like, grabs some rope, ties his head down to one of the beams and everything. Uh, Chetsu is asked if there are any questions left where she he only asks one thing. Why isn't she wearing any panties? And it's just you're just like, wait, what? what? Pervert! <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's like, all right. Doesn't this belong in Koriwa? <laughs> Yeah, 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 it really should. This really should belong in Koriwa here, but we've got a whole different topic. On, we have a whole different anime on this one. Anyways, she rigs up this music box that is hooked up to an M92 pistol. And when you turn it, it's designed just to fire at, at rhythm with the pace. So as they – Chance just kind of turns it and they just walk away. And all you hear is just – just firing and him screaming just within like, you know, two second, two to three second intervals. And I just kind of go, you know what? That's got to be a really crappy way to die. Uh, yeah. 
you know, it's it just goes it keeps on going until it goes click. Yeah. Oh man. Um and then it cuts off to the strangest thing that I thought they stuck in the anime. And it's uh it's uh what's the guy's name? Uh Tojo and Coco teaching uh Jonah how like math. <laughs> They're uh so- and this is the actually I found a really funny part too for anyone who hasn't seen this yet. Just so you know, um, Johan is just a child soldier. You know, he's just he knows all he knows is on the battlefield. So he doesn't he's not really intelligent. So because of this and one little incident that was at the last like at the end of the last episode between this one at the airport, he sees a plane going by. He's just like, that's a lot of wheels. Where Vomit was just kind of like, yeah, there's 14 to be accurate. How many how many wheels are on three planes? They go into like this 20 second silence where there's like, oh, let's take them song. It's just a lot where they all just fall. Your stereotypical anime just. This is how Dito tells me answers the math problems I ask him. Yeah. So the problem is 35 times 11 equals, and he just looked. And just three hundred, like, more, or less. Yeah. <laughs> more or less. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "There's no more or less in arithmetic." <laughs> <laughs> it's just so entertaining to see the like these hardcore professional killers teaching you know, a, a young boy out math and everything, and they're just so like, yeah, you know, of all the crazy screw-loose people in my team itself, they're quite brilliant. Oh, what's you, what Coco says. Yeah. Or are you talking about them? Dito, do you want to be an assassin? I don't think I have what it takes to be an assassin. Are you sure? Maybe a ninja. Wait. Uh, a vampire ninja? Oh wait, wrong anime. Uh, wrong anime. So, so everybody's starting to get uh, cabin fever now because they've been stuck inside this hotel room for a while. So uh, Valment, she goes, uh, "Hey Coco, let's go. Let's go to the mall. You can go out on a date with me." Um, and then uh, she gets all excited, but and is like, "Oh, but but Jonah needs to. Uh, Johan needs to." Uh, she says life. she wants to take she wants to take Johanna out too. Yeah. She just gets all sorts of depressed and everything. But yeah. and then Valman's like, <laughs> um, but but then uh, so Coco she she leaves and she's like, all right, Tojo, sorry, you're gonna have to uh, finish this lesson off. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Jonas uh, he just like leaves and it's like, where are you going? Restroom and. This is, I, I love this because it shows uh, to- Tojo. He's just reading the math book right now, and it just does a time lapse thing where like he's just moving and everything. <laughs> and he he goes, and it's like twenty minutes already. He goes to the uh, restroom, and like so. There's Coco, one thing that Coco yeah. did mention before she left too. It's like be sure to thank your teacher after the lesson's done. Yeah. And so when he opens up the bathroom on the door, it's like, thanks for the lesson. And he's like, oh, this this kid's good at ditching. (laughs) Um, So at this point, we see uh, Johan just like booking it across town uh, and trying to find Coco, which 
it's probably a good thing too because at this point we see orchestra like kind of strolling down the streets they're speaking to each other in italian about what it is to be an assassin what they should be looking for Prince come get my gelato, yeah? Maybe that's not the quite the Italian they're speaking on the same, you know, genre scale, but yes, they were speaking Italian. And at this point, there was just mentioning about, like, why are you wearing that ridiculous hat? And all that Shizu could say was because you gave it to me. So, yeah. Ooh, Somebody has a crush go. on her master. Yeah, that's the reason why she calls her master. But, you know, as this is going along, uh, Jitsu kind of looks over and spots Johan on the side of the street. He's just staring off and everything. And she turns back. She looks just like very, you know, just calls him. It's just like, it's so cute. You know, because like, master, master, look at this silver haired uh, kid. Isn't he cute? And looks back and he's gone. And she doesn't even pay a second thought to that. And you see Johan kind of, like went into the corner because he notices it was orchestra because during their lessons, uh, Coco, if you notice, was showing him a list of all the hitmen that's after him and noticed one of them, notice the master, so to speak, is actually on that list. So Ooh, foreshadowing of what's to come. <laughs> um, we come to see Valmont and Coco in front of a shop called duty free shop. Where they do not give, they do not sell, or everything is not taxed. Or there's no sales tax. Sorry. You usually find these in airports, so I, I think it's weird that you see this in like in a corner shop somewhere. So, this is where we kind of, this is where I'm kind of wondering too. The Valmont mentions that at Coco's age, girls should usually be like into fashion and everything and maybe this watch is just to like reflect on her nerdyish side so i'm going how old is exactly is coco because it doesn't really they say she's a young's arms dealer but they never really specify her age range so i'm assuming teenage i you say know? 16 see everybody's 16 in animes right <laughs> or 17 16 or 17 there's a reason why they say that i'm forever 17 what i thought it was forever 21 no, that's here. There, apparently, it's Forever 17. I don't know. That's, yeah. Know. Other animes will tell you that, too. That's, anyway. That store's scary, so I don't walk in there. <laughs> that's floors and floors of scary. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Volman goes in just like, or Coco's just like, I'm going to buy this. And then Volman goes yeah. in just like, no, I'll just buy it for you as a gift for coming along with me on this date. And she just kind of goes around the corner and she's just like, like yes! You know, because yeah. you could totally tell Valmont has a thing for Coco. Yeah. Oh, it's not, it's oh, not really? very hard to tell. They, they, they didn't just have a, like, a red-faced moment when she's like, I'm going to buy it for you. Coco's like, oh, oh. It, it wasn't up until the fact alone, like, when uh, the previous episode of Kita, where you noticed uh, Coco goes in the chest of Valmont, and she's just kind of, like, going, oh, nosebleed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we didn't see that uh, at all. No, not at all. No foreshadowing at all. This is all no foreshadowing at all. But as she's just kind of like Coco's just kind of reflecting in the moment and everything, her arms grab from the inside of the wrist, which if anyone who knows how to do this, if you grab from the inside of the wrist and pull back, you have you have the ability to you know, subdue someone from actually trying to pull themselves away or you know, try to pull themselves back from you. Unless you know how to you know, 
get around that. And it still happens to be Chitsu, which was asking her, what does it mean to sell weapons that eventually is going to get you killed? And at this point, Cell, she managed to get out of this uh, grip hold. And that's when uh, Valmont notices what's going on and sees the master across the way and is about to shoot. And guess who comes to the rescue? Super Jonas! Because he leaps from, from the sky! sky. <laughs> um, and and it, it's funny because they're in this like little shopping square right there. And orchestra, they just totally open fire on everybody. There's other people there, and you just see them trying to run and get out of the way. And they're just opening fire full on, no worries on uh, who they hit or whatever. They they just want to get rid of Coco. And uh, She is loco. I said, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it cuts to where uh, Coco's on the ground and Yona's just like in front of him, and she just gives him a kiss right there. And he's like, uh, what was that for? And he's like, just for perfect timing right there. <laughs> um, and then she starts smiling and he's like, she always smiles when she's in danger. And it cuts back to all the different scenes where she's actually smiling. Um, and then this is nuts, Dito. This is seriously nuts what Chiatsu does. Oh, oh man, I can't even, like, ah, that's crazy that... Uh, she calls it her cannon special, and she pulls out 40 millimeter grenades, like a grenade launcher, and it's just this little thing, um, and there's like a police car coming. She shoots it, and the police car just fully, like, head stands straight up after it blows up. Uh, and, and, and this it, is the worst part, too. So you're in a gunfight between assassins and arms dealers and like one person and two people shooting back at you and the only thing they can do and the only thing that the orchestra can do is just like master look it's standing up and he's just like awesome and that's just, it's just and they're admiring a car yeah. standing straight up from a 40 millimeter grenade and then this is what doesn't make sense after either because they go back they uh so um they uh each side picks up a riot shield from the cops that they killed and the weird thing is it cuts to where Jonah's returning fire. And for some reason, I don't know even where, an MP5 just pops up that he's using. And I'm like, where in the, backpack. the, where in the world are you keeping an MP5? In, it was in his backpack. He pulls it from his backpack. Do you keep an MP5 in your backpack? If I had one. I just That just doesn't seem practical to carry around an MP5. Why wouldn't you? I mean, if you were a soldier kid, wouldn't you keep an MP5? I mean, he he always keeps a pistol on him. Tito, you're so just, here's just just be glad I even know what an MP5 is. All right, <laughs> <laughs> something I would like to have a submachine gun. Yes, I would like to have an MP5, but I don't have licenses, so I can't have one. Anyways, here's about where a funny thing comes in that I've been noticing. Um. Uh, Johan was returning fire between the two, you know, and that every all, every shot is coming within, you know, half inch to an inch from their actual uh, point of body. And everyone who knows like traditional gunfights in Hollywood that 
you can shoot off hundreds of rounds at everybody from within, say, 50 feet to 100 feet of each other with any kind of weapon, and you will never hit them. You know, you get close and everything, but the only time that you can hit somebody is about the same time as when your dialogue is done. So whatever lines they had to say, then it automatically everyone becomes more accurate. And that's what you see because uh, as Vomit was trying to get back to him, she nails uh, nails the boss like right in the shoulder where at this point you, she just pissed him off and pulls out an AK-47 from where God knows and just lets – just start firing. And and here's where another fun thing I found fun – or found funny too is that in Hollywood, you do have the bottomless clip. You know, so that means you can fire as many rounds as you want and never change the magazine. This like in the is a, pretty much where this AK sits right now because <laughs> I don't even know how long they're firing, but an AK only holds about 35 rounds. You know, in that banana clip, and that's you know that's a lot of that's a lot of you know a lot of bullets. But considering the fact alone how long they've been firing, yeah, he's, yeah. he's peppering the wall with bullets. It's 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 kind of like Herschel's magical uh, shotgun in the in the last episode of The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, what he he was firing for a good five minutes, and that shotgun should only be able to hold six, seven rounds tops. Yeah, and then he loaded one shell in, and all of a sudden it was a magical shotgun again. After that. Yes. <laughs> uh, if you guys haven't seen The Walking Dead, you guys should. Awesome. <laughs> not an anime but hey we watch other things in anime too you know i like the sports as you guys can see i don't know what dito watches i think it's porn but we won't talk about that <laughs> uh, and so and then th- at this moment uh so what happens is valment gets hit in the foot so she's like limping now leg 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 thigh be exact yeah, lower extremity. There, <laughs> yeah. there. Use medical terms. <laughs> um, and it, for, and like they're kind of pinned down. So Johan, he get he's like, he goes into this crazy like rage mode where he jumps over the uh, little wall thing that they're hiding behind and charges straight on at these guys. Um, and like right before uh, the master can shoot him with the AK forty seven, this hook comes out of nowhere and just drags him back behind a wall and it just happens to be a uh, layham or not at the same time too and yeah. yeah, but at the same time too jetsu pulls the ak away while he's firing to you know because she wants to save the cute kid it's like that would be a waste to kill such a cute kid <laughs> this is i'm like these guys are professional assassins and this is what they're thinking of <laughs> Uh, well, at least one of them is. But yeah. as as a lamb pulls him away and everything, he's just kind of like kicks him in the face. Like, why'd you do that? He kind of explains the reasons behind. Like, you shouldn't be going. You know, you could have got him and everything, but you got yourself killed. We don't play that way because if you get yourself killed, that means we have to go and get another person, waste more time training him. You see where the, you see where we're coming from. Yeah. Um, so. And he's like, you got to use your head. If you're with us, it's no more of that child soldier mercenary kind of crap. You got to use your head to survive. That's how we all live. Um, Yes. 
We kill others. Others don't kill us. Yeah, we let the others kill themselves sometimes. Uh, <laughs> and this is the crazy part is uh, uh, Shinatsu. She, she sees two snipers that are uh, actually on the uh, on a building nearby. and uh, But they're in range of the AK-47. So the master just turns around, takes two shots, and takes out both the spotter and the sniper in two shots and they're like barely hidden over a wall too like totally killed and he's like you guys are in range yeah see he can kill anyone within range of a on a building with a sniper but he can't shoot someone behind a wall it's an and charging at him (laughs) it's it's a magical ak-47 that's why yes he he didn't he didn't turn into the magical uh maho shoujo oh Crap! Wrong anime. Never mind. Um, <laughs> so, so what happens is that uh, Lee Hyun's like, "All right, I'll cover you, Coco. You go with uh, Johan and get get out of here. So, go to the beach. Just run." <laughs> yeah. So they he actually starts doing cover fire, and um, he has a uh, silencer on, and he starts shooting at the master, and the master's like. Oh, you idiot! You put a silencer on that beautiful, beautiful musical note, and uh, Liam's just like gunfire is just a bunch of farts, and you're a fool if you think it's music. Gunfire is a symphony of farts, is the exact quote. <laughs> it's like Dito after he's gone to Del Taco. <laughs> no, it's when I come back from uh, Cafe Rio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Good food, uh, but. Ooh. Good food, gas later. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Uh, so they're they're running, and uh, so and and so all of a sudden, Shinatsu, she's like, "Crap, we got to stop paying attention to this." The Coco just got away. So and they're out of bullets, anyways. So <laughs> yeah, this is this is the only time you see the gun. And what is the first thing you do whenever you run out of bullets shooting a superhero? You throw the gun at yeah, him. He throws the gun at Liam, and he totally misses. He it's like hits the wall right on. Too. That's a funny thing. And uh, they run to the truck, and all of a sudden, uh, which is a block away, mind you. Yeah. it's on the block away. So they sprint down the road, drop the right shield, just sprint down the road, just saying like, "Oh yeah, we got some new toys." And he's like, "Oh," and the boss, and the master's like, "Oh, I'm all, I'm happy again. You know how to cheer me up, Jetsu," and. They find the red truck at the end of the the end of the street next to I think the God, I don't even know. It's just like next to the sidewalk where it was I guess where the beach was and yeah. where they and, were going to run. You know, and it, nobody notices that there's a light machine gun in the bed truck of the like the bed of the truck. Cause she's not so she jumps into the truck and drives, but the master jumps into the back where there just happens to be a light machine gun conveniently laid there that nobody didn't see <laughs> out in the wide open. Um, of course not. And uh, Lee Hyun actually calls Shinatsu the uh, Aegis of the Master, which pretty means pretty much means she's like the eyes and ears and the protection for this guy because she sees yeah. things that he doesn't. And warns yeah, the Aegis Aegis is referred to as a divine protection, usually in Greek mythology, re- representing either some clothing, maybe a shield or a cape of some sort. In this case, a Pantly, pantyless schoolgirl, uh, and uh, with a riot shield. Yeah, with the riot shield that she picked off a dead yes. soldier. Um. So, 
The funny thing is, while they're, while they're running on the beach, this is the most, this is the craziest thing right here, is that uh, Jonas finally tells uh, Coco how he feels about guns. And he's like, guns make everything. You give a peaceful person a gun, they'll go crazy with it, and they can't explain why they went crazy with the gun at all. Blah, blah, blah. Right there. Um, and uh, Coco's like, oh, you finally really opened up to me for once. I feel like you're really truly talking to me. <laughs> Um, I I really don't want I I can't wait till we get to the story arc where we actually learn what happened in the in uh, Jonas's past that caused him to think like this because it's got to be pretty messed up. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah. I mean, the way that this story is going right now, I'm pretty sure it's not gonna be a twelve episode. Or... Hey, Kuroko's uh, basketball is gonna go twenty six. So. Why not have this one go twenty six too? Huh? Eh? Eh? I would be all for that. Eh? Um, and then it eh? goes goes to a cutscene to actually see how the master and uh, Shinatsu actually met. So what happened was she was with her parents or something to a uh, opera orchestra. An opera. It was an, an opera. Sorry, opera. actually, and then, an orchestra there too. And then the master shows up and he's like. This is not real music. You need an orchestra for real music. And he just opens fires on everybody. Like, kills the opera singer and then just opens fires on everybody around there. And he thinks he's killed everybody. And all of a sudden he gets shot in the shoulder. Um, and he turns around and there's Shinatsu, like, with a gun at his face. And uh, oh, he just grabs her and is like, I like the sound of this music right here. And I guess that's how they met <laughs> each other and... Uh, Came she made she were. made some good music from shooting him in the shoulder again with the shoulder. The shoulder, maybe that's his way. The, the way to his heart is through his shoulder. So, ladies, if you really want that guy, just shoot him in the shoulder. <laughs> Don't use a twenty-two and shoot him in, and try to shoot yourself right here because I'll ricochet. I'll hit you. Yeah. <laughs> Story later. I, I, I'd rather be single, so ladies, please don't try to shoot me in the shoulder. <laughs> don't try, don't try to shoot yourself in the shoulder with a twenty-two. It's not going to work. It. Anyways, um, at this point, we see the orchestra catches up with Coco, and the team also catches up with them too. And as they're running, or as they're driving by, and everything, they go and use the car as a shield because you now it's bulletproof and all the fun junk. Where orchestra, or they notice that. Uh, Orchestra, the, the the master, of course, is running a Nerv. It's a LMG, which is basically a submachine gun that Light machine has gun. a very large clip. <laughs> um, I don't want to say it's like a saw or anything of that, but it's about the equivalent to it. And as they are going, they're trying to say, shoot the tires out, shoot the tires out. So... I think it was a stag. A stag uh, S2 is he was one was using, and a G36 is the other. As they're trying to fire and everything, they they kind of got the car to wobble. Where one of them actually notices an M2 sitting in the back seat in the in the cab, and at that point, this they just kind of like he just went totally pale white because basically an M2 for all those who doesn't who don't know, it's usually mounted on top of like. Um, on top of humbees or on or drilled into or the ground any, <laughs> yeah, pretty much on like maybe on like, any kind of heavy artillery like 
machine yeah. or any type of machine. Like, yeah. it, 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 it shoots such large rounds. You have to have it mounted on something, or the kick will just send the gun flying. So, so it's really yeah. And heavy, they had it mounted in the cab of the truck. Yeah. Um. Anyways, they orchestra passes them, tries to make it uh, make it around the bow, go around the block, and everything, and come back. Where, you know, normally at this point you would probably get them in the vehicle and drive off. You know, this is what I was thinking. You know, just run but, away. Yeah, just run away, you know, because I'm pretty sure that to drive around the block still takes a good, even at high speed, still take you a good two minutes, you know, depending on the street blocks. So. Uh, um, no, they, they're still no, there running no. along the beach because that's a hot place to have a date is on the beach, right? Running, running with your boss with an MP5, with your other teammates blocking you with a car as the terrorists come back <laughs> and start unloading you with an M2. Yeah, you know, just these, these relatively uh, high-caliber weapons that are coming, zooming at you. You don't try to get away. No, 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 no. Let's not try to get away. No, no. Let's just keep but running. Once, once you get fired at by an M2, there's only one thing you can do. Pretty much... Put your head between your thighs and kiss your ass goodbye. Um, And then, so what happens is actually, when the M2 actually goes off, guess what happens, Dito? It just hits the car and causes the car to, again, fly face up right there. Not explode this time. No, and stand. Yeah. Um... And the funny thing is everybody, uh, they kind of run off because they run out of ammo on the M2. So they're like... Well, it doesn't help the fact that the car catches fire. Yeah, because <laughs> everybody was shooting at the engine trying to make it explode. So they get out of there and the uh, Coco's team, the car finally lands again. <laughs> everybody <laughs> seems to be okay. By <laughs> Which I don't understand, but okay. Um and, but uh, at this, before everything happened, before the, the M2 actually went off, uh, Johan grabs Coco and kind of jumps into the, the water. The so ocean. they were safe. And as Johan comes out with Coco to up some stairs, he just grabs his pistol out of his pocket where it's just mysteriously kept. In a hoodie. Hoodie pocket. In it's, a hoodie. It's not... Yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I, this is where you keep this is where you keep your pistols, everyone. I, I've noticed that in this anime, they they store their pistols in the weirdest things. Like um, Valmont, she just had it in her back pocket, like not even because you know how usually it's in her waistband. She just had it in her back pocket. <laughs> yeah, when you have when you have the place, you put it in there. <laughs> so um, Johan's coming up the stairs. And everything tells uh, tells Goku to stay down there, where he pops his head up and everything, and. You know, there's the master, just kind of lays two rounds and misses them. And at this point, they notice, like, uh, Chetsu kind of gets this bad feeling and everything because he comes around the corner, tries to f- starts firing and knocks uh, Chetsu's hat, just bullet right through the thing and just knocks it right off. And she just tells him to stop. You know, I have a really bad feeling about this. And you know, some words fly saying you should be superstitious and everything itself. As the master comes around the corner... He just gets sniped right through the heart. Yeah, right through the heart. And then it turns out it's a uh, – what's his name? It's a, a sniper that's about a kil- kilometer away. Gets him in the heart 
and uh, the other guy's like, go for the headshot, and totally next shot is just right right through the head and kills the master. And um, and uh, Chiatsu, she just like totally goes crazy right then. She's like, no, no, and um, so she tries to go out and. They, for some reason, the guy with the uh, sniper rifle, he's like, I can't do it. It's a girl. I can't do it. It's, it's a, a child. Yeah. It's like, because like, Chats is pretty much, probably is just as old as Coco. Yeah. And this is where, like, uh, they were saying, take her out and everything. But at the same time, too, when he tries to fire, he hits the, the gun instead. You know, hits the submachine gun or the, sorry, the heavy rifle instead. Then tries to fire again and misses and this point she goes and like grabs the cross that he was wearing does grabs the pistol and you know grabs the other pistol kind of does like some like couple fire spins and everything does a backflip where coco is just kind of like going like totally like what the hell is going on here now she manages to get away from the entire group and all that and the first thing she's just like why wasn't she wearing any panties <laughs> yeah <laughs> all the things you could do and be things. like until awe about is that she wasn't wearing panties. Like I said, this should belong in Koriwa, but I don't know why it's in here. Um, so all of a sudden the cops actually pull up and this guy, he's not even in uniform or anything. He's like he's like, Coco, you're under arrest. And uh uh Jonas, he just like looks over and it's like, what are we gonna do? And he just the the guy just totally kicks Jonas back into the ocean and he's like he's like I probably would withdraw your units right now it probably is not the smartest thing we saw everything so Coco has everybody withdraw and uh, I love this guy's name because I want to I want to say something else instead of what his name is Uh, his name is Jerry uh, Schatzberg you can probably figure out what I want (laughs) to say yeah Um, or also known as uh, Scarecrow and how Dito wrote this from intelligence of the CIA. Well, yeah, that's what they, they state in there later on as they're describing what's going on in the situation itself. He, is he's, that he's, they he's, call him intelligence? He's a CIA. Was, agent. Call, yeah, I know, but Dito, they called. What, what does CIA the stand why they, for? As they pull him back, as they pull him back to the police in the station, and everything they have Scarecrow. Kind of put away into another room and everything, and they said that because he pushed an officer away and everything, and he's from intelligence, they're not going to press charges. Is why I put that in there. But what does CIA stand for, Dito? Yes, I know <laughs> what it stands for. I just put it in there because I wanted to get, I want to put it in there. You didn't have to say that, you idiot. I I don't think so. I think you could have gotten off just saying here's a CIA agent. For some reason, the U.S. is a. Um, all of their uh, high-profile security agencies seem to take higher regard than everybody else, other than like MI6. Yeah, that's what they're doing right now. Yeah. Yep. Um. So, uh, but Coco, whoops, <laughs> Coco happens to be <laughs> you. That's too close for me, Dito. Too close. <laughs> Look at my hair. Too close. But uh, so. <laughs> It just happens that Coco, one of her customers, happens to be the chief of police that's <laughs> holding her, and they pretty much let her go. Let, give pretty much give her a shower, change of clothes, and let her go. But he's like, "I'm gonna have to keep you guys confined to your uh, hotel for a while, and it's gonna be that's my PR move, saying that I'm trying to contain the situation right there." 
So that's what happens. And they kind of, they're leaving the headquarters and Scarecrow, he kind of runs out and he's like, where's the back door? Where's the back door? Um, which the, I, the, if he's going to go towards the back door, somehow he ends up near the front door where Coco's walking out. And, uh, the, he just socks her in the face. It's like, this isn't over. I'm going to get you. And Coco just like laughs it off and walks through the door. Um, but at this point, Coco realizes something too, because, uh, she was threatened by a saying that I'll get you, you know, in one day, two days, three days, maybe a month, maybe a year, but I'm going to get you to avenge my master. Then, also, Scarecrow does the same thing, too. Threatens her as she's leaving, saying that you're not going to get away from me. I'm going to have you arrested, blah, blah, blah. So when she gets outside, she realizes that there is no one to protect her right now. So she kind of goes through this like very scared state and everything where she hears a noise off to the side. And sure enough, there's Johan. Yay, luckily. <laughs> so, of course, you know, with uh, Coco being herself, she just kind of goes in there and just like, hey, yo, hey, hey, thanks for coming, blah, blah, blah. And Johan's just like, what happened to you? She's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's nothing. And goes in the bag where her wet clothes are like, oh, good. It's still wet. And just like wipes off yeah. the blood from her nose. Not even all the way, too. It's just like just enough where the bulk of it's gone. There's still like remnants of there. Have you, have you noticed every time she wipes blood off, there's still some on her face? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, just like how it would normally be if you wipe blood off your face, you know, without any real materials. A wet shirt. You could do it with a wet shirt. Oh, well, yeah, that's the saying. It's how it is until you use like a, a wet shirt. Um, so they're walking home, and uh, Coco's like, "I have a question for you. Who has the most guns?" Here's a quiz, Dito. Who has the most guns? Who controls most of the guns in the world? The army? No. Oh. Apparently what it comes yeah. down to is 60% of all the actual guns being owned actually are by civilians. Yeah, and to the army and police total is the 36%. And then, you know those rebels and terrorists that you always see in the news and always get covered? They only have 1%. Of the world, point one percent, point one percent of all the, uh, or less of all, all the arms in the world. So she's like, um, so where's all these peaceful people you told me about earlier? That since every since most people own guns, one in ten people are armed. Um. So she she tells that to uh, to Jonas, and I don't even remember what he said. I think he just like stored her for a while. And he didn't really give too much of an insight after that because at this point it just cuts back into the hotel like three days later. Yeah. Um, and then you see uh, Shinatsu climbing up the side of the building. It's a pretty tall hotel, might I add. And yeah. Right when she pulls her gun out, Coco's like, the moment you point that gun at me, you're dead. And she looks up and there's Coco just waiting on there. Um, and-, and this is where Shinatsu is really like really keen on everything and she's just kind of like yeah you have a really good sniper i can't even begin to think where he's at yeah and of all the things she asks 
after Shinatsu puts down the phone, it's like, I'll tell you the answer to my to your question if you answer one question for me. And uh, of all the things she asks, is like, why don't you wear panties? <laughs> what do you think the reason is that? Do you know? It's because she gives a small story about one of her first times on the job with the master that they had to go to a, a mafia's house across the river. But she got soaked from the waist down. So by the time that the fighting started and everything, she secretly took them off because, you know, it's really uncomfortable to be wearing wet underwear. And all of a sudden, like, her aim got better and her master praised for killing more than him. Um, so that's why. And then Coco whispers the answer on why she sells arms, even though she knows that's probably going to kill her in the end. And uh, Shinatsu's like, you are messed up. And, <laughs> and uh, with that, she like almost pulls this gun and bam, shot right right through the torso twice. Um, yeah. And she was she kept a spare gun in her panties this time. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, and uh, totally kills him. Uh, so Shinatsu just dies on there, and then she calls the chief of police, going, uh, "All right, we we got the two from orchestra right there." On an unrelated note, would you like to uh, set up sniper training services with me? <laughs> I'll give you good uh, good rates. Uh, and that's how the episode ends. And of course, yeah, I just found it funny. Is like she she tries to set up like. Just the most random stuff too. It's just so. It, the show is one of those that it's just so fun to watch. And Dito, you know what else is random? Our next anime that's coming up right now. Oh yeah. And our next anime is Koriwa Zombie No Desuka. Of the dead, and it's brought to you by Baby Got Back, because vampire ninjas love to get the friction on. Oh yeah! <laughs> Again, like last episode, warning: our protagonist is a zombie, so please do not try this at home. Not at all. And you know, when we left off, there were rainbows being puked. Aikoa becomes super popular i wish i could be popular and boys be ambitious <laughs> um so we start this episode off in the most random way possible with love so you, you know uh, with love yeah, like i have no idea why they started like this way but so sarah is uh, talking to servicia which is the head of the, the vampire ninjas or Lisa higher up, and wondering why in the world did does she even like Ayakawa? And she's just like gives this whole speech and everything about his butt being so like what is this so attractive and everything. And she just like, ends up just saying it's because I have butt love. Butt love. <laughs> oh, oh. The first minute of the third episode is worth watching a couple times because it's just like. What? Yeah, the the thing is, because if you watch the first season, uh, Saravati, she hates, she seriously hates Aikawa, where she's like, don't even talk to me. And, like, it's changed because she's, like, in love with his butt. (laughs) Apparently, a lot of people are in love with his butt. 
because his butt gets probably the most you know attention yeah um but i i love it after the intro video which you're listening to the song right now um you see the miscellaneous the chainsaw is like all bandaged up and it has like two ivy bags hooked up to it and everything <laughs> and I, I i thought that was hilarious because it's like might as well have uh, EKG on there going the best part is too is that the Mistelian is kind of is, has this like voice of an old man like like wretched decrepit old man too I want to have that voice when I'm old uh, maybe one day you will but at this point they're still talking about like Ayakawa is being very popular on the internet and everything and you was just sitting there going like yeah I, I'm a I've already like uh, saw a lot of your stuff on the internet and everything, and he got to, he gets his little um, little figment of his yeah. imagination telling like basically what he wants, what he th- keeps on thinking you's gonna sound like, and now she's just like, no, I upload your information. It's like it's the most popular stuff on there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why wouldn't you? Yeah, and then all of a sudden, Aiko he pulls out his cell phone and calls Dai Sensei, and he's like. Uh, so what's the progress on getting uh, Mistelin fixed up? And she's like, well, we're about halfway into the third of step uh, 1,200 or the third. Yeah, we're about, wh- half, about halfway into step three out of 1,241 steps. <laughs> steps. Um, and he's like, what? And it's like. Everybody knows in Viri it takes a long time to get all this process happening. And he's like, that's what just uh, Haruna just said. And the thing I love is every time you call Dai Sensei, she's on her like tin can phone. And I love it. Because I don't it seems like it's like the most advanced technology they got there. There's this <laughs> tin can phone just. <laughs> and it, it's like all style. It's not just like a normal tin can. She has it like all stylized and everything too on the sides. Totally random thing, but hey, this whole anime is pretty much random. So, um, so we it, come across our next scene of uh, Harna in the living room with you trying to fix Mastillion, but it looks more like she's trying to rape Mastillion. Yeah, she's like, I'm gonna get to take off your clothes and see stuff. Ah! And she has like a I can see your tushy. <laughs> And she starts tickling it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing is, it cuts so. Um, uh, what's his name? Aikawa. He's like he goes and cooks dinner, and he comes back, and so Yu is being the, the assistant to Haruna, and she's like, "All right, where's the? Uh, I need the drill." And then she gives him a duck, a rubber duck, and she's like, "No, no, no, not that!" And then all of a sudden, she gives him a potty training goose or something oh no it's potty training it's like no no no! i wanted a drill and she just keeps handing her things that sound like drill in japanese but not the drill <laughs> um uh so you know uh so uh what's his face is like all right i'll just make uh, rice balls for you so you guys can eat while you're working and he kind of goes to bed um and he wakes up in the middle of the night he comes down he sees you and haruna passed out over there doing their cute adorable thing. There's a lot of fan service in this anime. Oh yes. Lots. Both Lots. side fan service. Lots. Uh, 
And he's like, oh, they're fixed. So I can go, uh, you know, erase everybody's memory. And so he goes out into the backyard and um, Sarah's back there. He's like, all right, you know, let's end this so nobody remembers everything and we can go back to normal. And he, he, so he transforms and everything and he starts saying the incantation to erase everybody's memory. And all of a sudden the chainsaw just totally falls apart on him. And then like his powers disappear. And I, I love this. It cuts back to where uh, you and Haruna's sleeping and there's a cat. The cat turns around and there's a missing bolt right there. It's always the missing bolt, you know. Always. And this also brings up another point too. When did this cat actually come into the anime series I don't and start know. living there? I don't remember this cat from season one. So they, I think they're messing with us, you know. They're trying to make us think that's a joke from season one, but they just stuck it in at the beginning of episode one. Yeah, because I must have missed this. Somewhere along the way between season one, season two, and the two OEVs, there is a black cat that just kind of started living with Ayakawa and all that. So yeah. if anyone can actually shed some light on this, you know, once again – Kita at ktdata.net. Yeah, it, it becomes almost a standard back, background thing, just like the uh, Dyson fan they have going on all the time. Even in winter, I've noticed that. They had it going on during the winter, too, which I didn't understand. But oh well! <laughs> um, and so... so now- we come we come across with Aikawa being at home, at home, sorry, at school now. You know, completely depressed yeah. the fact that he's going to... He can erase anyone's memories. Where Orito, one of his best friends, comes up and just oh, wow. tries to t- tries to see if he can talk to him because he wants to try to un- try to understand him because he is his friend. You know, you know, true friends in the end always try to understand one another. But he just keeps on saying, "Just give me some more time. Just give me some more time to understand the what you're trying uncle. to do." <laughs> but. His other classmate, Anderson, comes in oh, and is just like saying, trying to explain to Ayakawa what he's trying to mean. So, But I th- think it's more along that he's trying to get some ass from Orino. I know, because they're like holding Orito, hands. Sorry. There's really awkward moments. And I don't even understand how this does anything to do with the storyline at all. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> but it's it was there, and I laughed. And we move into the next scene yeah. of... Of uh, Ayakawa talking My to Drunken Fairy again. character, the Drunken Fairy. And guess what she's doing, Dito? She's doing test tube sake shots. Awesome. I want to do this. I seriously want to get some beakers, get some test tubes, and do some sake shots from this. You've never done that before? No, I've never done it before. I have a set right there. Right over there. All right. <laughs> Been there, Next done time that. we're going to be oh, we're yeah. doing that. We're doing that at Anime Expo. Test tube shots. Uh, yes, test tube shots. We're, we're so doing that. I've done it before. and uh, Don't take too many of those. <laughs> and I, I love the drunken fairy. She just goes off on like some how somebody buys you beer, but you want harder liquor than that. And But they still give you a beer, you know? And it's like, you got to be a man. You got you to gotta go straight to the liquor because the liquor is so good. And, you know, just got to say no to the beer. <laughs> I love this. Yo, courage. It's just taking the courage. And, and, and here he goes with I was like, courage, yes. Oh, maybe I should try to be as courageous and try to understand. Orito is just like, yeah, that's it. So, and. And he marches off. So, yeah. And then it cuts to yet another random scene. 
like I said, this anime doesn't really make that much sense, but it's fun to watch. Um, Haruna, she's like near the riverside and um, she's walking by. It's like, why do I feel like death right now? And she looks over and she sees Yuki dancing on the banks like this voodoo dance. Like she's doing a voodoo dance or something. And like she collapses over and Yuki stops and looks over and it's like, what are you doing? It's like, you're doing a voodoo dance. It almost killed me. <laughs> and uh, what ter- it turns out that uh, Yuki is going to be a backup dancer for uh, Saravati because she's a uh, idol now, a uh, AV idol, <laughs> um, if you've seen season one. Um, so she's going to be a d- background dancer. But every time she dances, it's just this like weird voodoo dance and the funny thing is while yuki's explaining this to uh haruna you see people walking in the background and one of the things is like so what you see one go by and it's just somebody walking their dog and all of a sudden you see somebody else walking by and they're walking a pig i miss that i I have to go back and see this pig and see if it's another pig from another show they're, they're literally walking a pig and i didn't i almost missed it too and i looked like that's a pig that they're walking by. <laughs> they just randomly put that in. I'm like, okay. Um, well, it's not too it's not too random. I mean, there's plenty of different animes out there that have a pig as a pet. I mean, you know, we have as Ranma, a, as a, we have Clanid, we have. But as a background Logan, character, you know? you know, like this is totally a background character that we probably won't see again. <laughs> they just decided to stick that in, and so it cuts to uh, Aiko walking by is. Like, why do I feel like I'm going to die again? And he looks over, and it's both uh, Haruna and Yuki. They're doing the voodoo dance, and it's, like, killing everybody around. Yeah, it's like if you take a pan, like a wide scan out and everything, there's Everybody's everybody. Like, like, people are just passed out over there, and there's birds falling out of the sky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden, Aikawa starts dancing, and this is, like... He starts doing old school break dancing, pull out the cardboard and have him start doing the points. And everybody's like, Oh It's like and, that's how that's how you dance, not yeah. this stuff. And all they're really doing is just basically like I think if you're like jogging in place doing this, just going back and forth like this, for all those who can see my horrible, horrible dance and mine and Katie's. But it's just like this and they're just like, oh, 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 and that's all they're doing, and it's, <laughs> that's the voodoo dance. And so now, what they have to do is that uh, when they're dancing, Yu's even suffering. The, the strongest necromancer in the world. She's like, "This is horrible." <laughs> um, and so their goal is, uh, Aikua has like one day to get all these gals into tip-top shape to dance, or they're going to be in trouble. Um, to be background dancers yeah. that's that's the whole goal because uh, haruno is just telling yuki that i'm gonna make you the best background dancer ever yeah and just randomly orito just shows up and it's like Aikwa. i am the new orito i am learning to accept the new Aikwa. and pretty much after that he just it's like Aikwa, <laughs> it's you a- do not need me i do not need you you need me and yeah, it's like you need you need the Orito doesn't need Ayakawa. Ayakawa needs a new Orito. Orito is just like what? <laughs> and then he just walks off. Yeah. And I'm going like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> yeah. So here, and this yeah. is where we come down to like it's concert time. So now 
they were in the they're in the back room practicing everything itself and it seems like they got in tip-top shape because they were actually doing the real they're doing the real dance poses and everything themselves you know then they get on the stage and sure enough they doing the voodoo dance at this point you know Aikawa jumps in there just telling him stop, like, stop, no, stop, no, I gotta stop, stop but him. then all of a sudden he starts joining yeah. in and then it starts becoming contagious at this yeah. point and then I, I love it because this is when they get those crazy Japanese glow stick crowds. They get them perfectly, and the crowd starts doing it too. And like, <laughs> and like by the end of it, everybody is just like passed out. They're just exhausted, passed yeah. out, and that's like pretty much the whole episode right there. Um, and then in the next episode, oh, I love this. So we see Aiko; he's building a model right here, and it pulls out to be the uh, arm slave from Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. Panic. Or Panic. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Okay, Full so it's uh, Arbalest. It's Arbalest. Yeah, the Arbalest. From Full Metal Panic. And normally whenever animes do cross-sections of animes, they don't actually give the real name. Yeah. Like, for example, like in Genjikin, when they had the had all the Gundams and everything, they call them Gulfs instead of, you know, their actual names. So it's just, you know, to prevent copyrights and all that fun junk or whatever it is. No, they fully just admit to being full mill panic that it is an arm slave that it's arbalesque yeah. it's just they just go they completely do this whole thing and the funniest part about the whole thing is, is that he that uh, i call a build a diorama of the of the second raid in in hong kong yeah. <laughs> like, like just basically a one-to-one scale from the model's point of view and he just starts taking pictures of it and i'm just looking at him going do I really look like that when I'm doing my reviews? <laughs> I didn't no, wanna, seriously, like I, I didn't want to say anything, Dito. I didn't yeah. want to say. And I anything. was just going like, "This looks so familiar." Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and then uh, all of a sudden, Haruno she walks in and it's like, "Oh, Full Metal Panic!" And she starts playing with the arbalisk. And then he's like, "Be careful! You might break it." And all of a sudden, it snaps in half, and both of them go, "Sasuke!" And then it cuts into the intro. Oh, I love that. Oh. That was that made me laugh so hard. Am I oh. going? That is, I've never yeah. seen someone parry an anime from another one like this before. I, I was, I must fell off my ball. Like I was laughing that hard. I must fell off my ball. I was watching like, oh my god, that's hilarious. Um, and then all of a sudden, the new Orito comes back again, and he's like. Aikawa, this is the way we can have you start accepting the new Aikawa. And he gives him this ticket to this uh, cosplay cafe. Eh. Um, and uh, let's see. Um, so they go there and it just happens to be owned by the vampire ninjas. <laughs> so the owner is actually, uh, so, what, what, how do you say her name? Savati. Yeah, Savati. And she's like, what are you doing here, you sick fool? Even though you're beautiful ass. <laughs> it's like she calls her she calls him his uh, her piece of piece of shit's lovable ass, basically. I don't know how to really put it with how she says it, but anyways. Um the whole purpose of it is so she keeps on saying, like, go away, master. You know, master. they're always referring because you know, since it's a maid cafe, they always have to end everything by master because that's what maids do. But they always say, like, you know, 
go away or they always like do something very offensive type stuff to like it would be if anyone ever said that to you in a restaurant you'd be pissed off but then they end it with masters because it sounds so polite that's the vip treatment too it's not the normal treatment that's a vip treatment right there um so they like finish their dinner or their lunch or whatever and uh, ike was like let's go and then he's like hold on we have to do the the special on the back the dessert and it's like we're playing hard to get catch five of our hearts and it's free or you pay a thousand yen which ends up be or a hundred thousand yen which ends up being like just around like a hundred and hundred and twenty dollars u.s dollars change um so, Tito and I, we need to go find this maid cafe and do some experimenting. Um, yes. So, so, how this works out is that uh, so the five different girls from the cafe is going to come in, and you have to see if you can get them to like you. You know, so ew. we have player one that joins in, which just happens to be Yoshida Yuki. You know, uh, Aikawa's supposed wife, um, and. Uh, that wasn't hard for him to get. She's like, you should just rest normally. It's like, ah. And then Alex Anderson, I, I'm going to call him Anderson because I, I don't remember his name, but I'd remember him going, Anderson <laughs> in Japanese. He's like, one win for Aiko right there. And then. Yeah, he, so he becomes a narrator. Just out of nowhere, just like, he's the narrator. So they start up with player two. And it so happens to be Haruna. Ah. Like, I won't so- lose to him. Yeah, and so Haruna does put up a better fight and everything, put like just completely shoots off uh, Orito like every given moment until well, Ayaka runs out of water, so he's asked for some more water. Um, Yuki brings some more water and everything himself. Then Haruna kind of looks over and sees that uh, Yuki and Ayaka becomes a little bit more like a little too yeah. friendly and everything, and she, she gets a little annoyed. She gets the normal vision that uh, that Aikawa gets when he's talking about you. <laughs> and she's like, no! And she like pours and it's like, drink my water, dang it! And all of a sudden, ding, 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 ding! One win for her, another win for Aiko! <laughs> and then you can explain this next one, Dito. Okay. So then we that. have Sarah. We, like the third player, round three is with Sarah, but she's in SM Maid Bondage. <laughs> well, I'm just going, like, what in the world? So Aiko comes up with this. Brilliant strategy because after Orino gets it's Orito gets slammed into the ceiling where he's just kind of his body his torso just hanging from the ceiling. He's hanging longer than uh, Kagami did in Kuriko. <laughs> yes, yes, he had more hang time than Kuriko. How about that? Or sorry, as a Kagami. So Aikawa comes up with his ideas like I'm gonna have you. I want you to cook something for me, and she's just kind of like. And Sarah's just like, wait, what? And you know, Sevati is just like, she's not allowed in the kitchen. So it's like, it's okay, so, it's okay, it's it's okay. So she goes and cooks a mistake that just so happens to be laced or had to be cooked with uh, nitroglycerin. Yeah, and if you guys don't know what that is, that's the NT and TNT. <laughs> uh. <laughs> very, very true. So, you now. Everyone, like, he's about to put the fork in, and, you know, the fork goes in and starts, like, dissolving, Melting. and he then he puts the knife in, and the knife doesn't even get close to it, and just dissolves straight off there. He grabs it and just, like, puts the whole thing in his mouth, where, at which, at everybody's just kind of, like, going, oh, 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 and sure enough, just, poof, it's just, like, you see his 
purple smoke come out of his mouth. And, and he's, he's, he pulls out the tray. Seconds, please. <laughs> so then Sarah's just kind of like going, oh, well, okay. And then there goes the, the dinger again. And you know, he beats Sarah. So a win's a win, I guess. Yeah. Um, he's, he's just lucky he's a zombie. Yeah. And then round four. Who could it be, Dito? It just happened to be you. So, and this is where it comes interesting because Ayakawa is just kind of like sizing up you. Is you is in a maid uniform, and you know before they even get to sit down, and he just has the imagery of this just going like, you know, talking about like, do you like me in my dress? Blah blah blah, and then everyone's just like, this is over before it even started, but. All that, all that you just puts up a note and just says like you've been kind of bashful lately, and then at that point it's just like ding 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 ding, ding. done. <laughs> it's the most random win ever. It was like two seconds. You think that one would be the longest, but no, it's only two seconds long. Yeah. And uh, the final round, you know, round number five. Who could it be? It has to be Saravati, right? Yes, it has to be. But- Apparently no. Uh, Savati just says like I'm not going to be your your final opponent. It's going to be Mihara Kimono. Oh god. Kanami. Kanami. Yeah, I just totally slaughtered that. You know, Mihara Kanami, which is happens to be one of the his classmates. So this time it's it's more along the lines that she's the coldest girl in the school too, like yeah, she has no heart. You notice, like, you probably see her in the shows, too, if you don't know who we're talking about, even though you've been watching the shows. She's the one always just, like, there's someone there's screw loose with everybody here. They're, you know, what's wrong with everybody? And, like, he's just a pervert. Yeah. You know, so they have, like, small talk conversations. It's like, you know, are you ever going to get rid of your cross-dressing ways? You no. Know, then at this point, like, you're watching Aikawa um, about to, like, lose this one where, lo and behold... Orito new pops Orito. his head out of the ceiling and comes to the rescue. It's not just Orito, Dito. It's new Orito. Yes, new Orito. I forgot. And so, so he's just like, leave this to me. I got this. You know, pauses for a second and everything. Takes a good long look at Simihara and is just like, I love you. And it totally catches her off guard. It's like, why would you ever say that? Her face turns bright red and a ding. <laughs> 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 it it looks like Orito and Aikawa have made it through. They have won, and they had the an embrace. <laughs> yeah, yes, they had their they had their nice friendship embrace. Yeah, and so at the end, uh, Aikawa is shaking Saravati's hand, and she's like, "I am never washing this hand ever again." And he's like, "Please wash your hand." <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it. Just because, so what happens is that all the girls are working in the maid cafe, so they got paid. And on their way home, uh, Haruna, she tries to get a new model because she broke Aikawa's. And, uh, well, just watch the episode to find out what he got. <laughs> yes. And also at the end of this, if you watch all the way to the end of the credits, like kind of where the previews is, they always have some kind of little tidbit thing. And it's always about like uh, use of other personalities that Aikawa imagines her as. Just watch that. <laughs> yes. It's pretty yeah, That's funny. actually pretty good. I, li- I like that one. Um, and speaking of the end of things, 
It's the end of the episode, Dito. Woo! Episode, episode two, two is a wrap. But, but the sad thing is, is that I'm stoked for the rest of this, the rest of the series. You know, I want to watch more now. We're going long too. That's the thing. That means we've been talking too much because we love these anime series a little bit too much. Just, uh, just a little. Just a little. But so before we head off, don't forget kitaktdata.net. Send us feedback. Tell us. Talk more about X anime. Talk less about X anime. We hate your guts, KT. You're ugly. KT, I want to shoot you in the shoulder because I have a huge crush on you or something like that. Um, yeah, or Steven tell me it's like, you know, say, Dito, you suck. Or, you know, you should get off the mic and don't don't podcast with the, the visuals. Just, you know, or tell me to yeah. shut up. It's like, I saw you picking your nose on cast. Um, and always, we do it every two weeks on Tuesdays, sometime during Tuesday night. So just come by ktdata.net slash live. Pretty easy to remember, you know, and make sure you check out ktdata.net for all the crazy shenanigans. Actually, if you were watching live, you saw me open up my bag of crap, which will be on ktdata.net shortly after Kita's on there. And Dito, he has this like three gazillion ton box that he just got in from Japan. So he's got tons of figure reviews. Some are up, some are coming up, and some are just a dirty thought in the back of his mind. Or behind me. Yeah. Um, and again, like I said, two weeks. So we will see you May 22nd. Um, do you have anything else to say, Dito? Nope, I am good, KT. Well, if that's all we have to say, um, until next time, guys. Bye! Dito's not cool enough to say bye. I wave for all those who can't see me. This is the Kita Anime Podcast with Dito and Katie Data for May 8th, 2012. Episode 2 of the spring season. Shoot him in the shoulder if you love him. I don't know what I'm doing. What am I doing? Okay. Okay, that didn't make sense. It's okay. Nothing does. <laughs> this, this whole podcast doesn't make sense. So we're good. We're good. We're good. Are we good? Uh, as good as we can, I guess. All right. All right. The show starts in three, two, one. Assemble!